This podcast could potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. We have some pretty big news from your host here, Erica Lance. We are moving to change the format of the show to be one episode. So there's a few episodes that record the old way that we're doing the new way. And that's what you're listening to. So thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And we love having you as fans. On to the show. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing J.M. Paquette. I suppose I should put my actual microphone near me. That might help a little better. There we go. And our guest today is Dennis Medbury. Woo! Welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's talk about what we're drinking. And I feel like I'm more festive than both of you, so I'm going first. Um, So in our DWA swag you get some of this Dennis for being on the show I have San Pellegrino Momenti pomegranate and black currant it's my new favorite right now and I mix gin in it so it makes me very happy it's low in calories and made with real juice versus fake juice so I appreciate you San Pellegrino for real juice JM what boring drink are you drinking I like San Pellegrino, but orange. But today I have a mug of tea in my Jack mug. It is orange pico tea because I can't drink. Super fancy. Dennis, what are you drinking? Plain old water, but it's in a Buffalo Bills uh, container. <laughs> I like I'm it. A, it's, it's fancy. I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan for many, many years. Very cool. Um, and so for those that usually watch, um, I'm doing some construction upstairs. So I have, instead of a puppy visitor, I have a kitty visitor today because <laughs> I had to move all cat stuff downstairs. That's not fun. Okay, Dennis, let's talk for a moment about what you write. I write Epic Fantasy. It's a five-part series with four books released so far. Very cool. And when did you get started writing? In 2019. Uh, is when I started writing. It was just on a whim. Uh, I've never been the type of person I always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted. I, I got to be honest. I I, I didn't. Um, okay. What changed your mind then? Well, I I served in the United States Navy for 14 years up until a injury drove me out. But uh, I developed you for your service. You're welcome. And uh, I developed uh, PTSD and. Uh, insomnia due to my time in the service oh wow and uh i could not get to sleep so i i didn't want to keep taking i don't want to take pills at all uh those things get addictive and dangerous so i just started writing a story in my head to help me get to sleep so that my mind would calm down and focus on one thing and actually get to sleep so I just started tinkering with a story in my head because I've always been a fan of fantasy. I've always watched the movies, read the books. I've always loved that kind of stuff. But I never even imagined that I could be somebody who would actually write one myself. But anyway, I would just you do the story in my head. I would get to a certain point. I'd be like bored with it. So I would start over. And this went on for like 15 to 20 years. And then after a while, the story stopped changing every time I would start over and like, and it just felt like, well, that's how the story's supposed to be. So I decided to put it on paper. And so in 2019 was the first time you um, wrote it to publish it. When was the first time you were published? 2020. Oh, okay. You know, during the pandemic. So it just like came out. Yeah. Like. Because I had I knew this story so well, it was just it just regurgitated out of me. It was real easy to get like I didn't have to think about which way. Well, let me back that up a little bit. I did have to think about which way the characters were going to go, because I'll be I'll be the first to admit that there was definitely a plan for certain characters that once I actually started writing they told me that I was taking them in the wrong direction. <laughs> like, no, no, we're going this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. Like, even though I had, I figured, you know, I knew this story so well inside out backwards and forwards, but yet once you actually start writing, it's a different. And I found that out 
And I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I was like, I actually saved the original draft, the first draft of the first time I, I wrote Every once in a while, I'll take a look at it, open it up, take a look at it. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You're brave to open it up. Sorry about that. Technical storm difficulties in the mountains. So if I disappear again, Jen will keep it going. It'll be fantastic. You, so you, what did I just miss? I missed the question. I missed the story. I, you know, hello. Uh. What was I saying? Oh, oh, I was saying about how my characters like told me told me that my original thoughts were not the right ones. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, no, we're gonna go have a sandwich right now. We're not doing. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll like, be over one, here. We'll wait one, for you to catch up. Mm-hmm. One character in particular in the story, I had a very specific plan when I very first put started putting pen to paper, and. uh yeah, it's now that I know her better. Very different. Very, very different. And how did you get published? So 2020, how did you get published? Well, okay, so this is a, a fun story. <laughs> we like fun stories. I'm grabbing my drink. Let's go. <laughs> uh, my wife's aunt uh, had just so happened to inherit a publishing company from her friend (laughs) like very shortly before I, this happened. Okay. So this is not a story I've ever heard before. This wasn't like I knew someone, whatever. So your wife's parents, this is fascinating. Yeah. It was like fate. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. It was was odd. It was just, it just so happened to work out that way. Uh, uh, myself and my wife, we are both from Buffalo, and uh, her uh, aunt was also from Buffalo, and she moved to Las Vegas and met a person who owned Vegas Publishing, and they became good friends. Uh, she was pu- trying to publish a book about dog breeding, and they, they hit it off so well that the the original owner who was getting very up there in age was like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to you. And then like, just so happens, I had no idea if this was happening. And then like a month later, after I'm done with my first copy, I'm like, you know what? I I, I don't know. Maybe I will try to publish this. And uh, my wife was like, Oh, my aunt has a publishing company. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And when, when I gave it, when I gave it to her, uh, she was like, ah, I don't know. Like we've never done fantasy before and I'm really picky. So I'll I'll just be prepared. If I, if I don't like it, I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. I'm like, that's fine. She loved it. (laughs) Very cool. And so you, you now, so, um, you now have four books. When did the fourth book come out? Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it was just a couple months ago. Uh, Yeah, maybe four or five months ago, somewhere around there. So pretty rapid fire releases of these first four books. Yeah, here's the fourth. I don't know. Oh, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) And you see it's got a dragon dog on the cover because a dragon and a dog. I mean, come on. That's awesome. (laughs) That is very cool. So do you have the fifth book written? Uh, no, no, I'm all right. So, okay. I feel like we just found out something. (laughs) I'm about 65,000 words into it. Now, just for a frame of reference, the first book is 68,000. The second book is like 80 and the third book's like 73. And this one, this one's like 82. So all between 65 and 80, right in that range. I'm at 65,000 words, and I still have a long way to go. <laughs> okay. J.K. Rowling, it's fine. You're allowed to get them bigger and bigger. <laughs> so, I, I, you know what? I, I, was, I say this to my friends. Like, I wonder if subconsciously I'm like, I don't want it to end. You know what I mean? Like, or, like, split it. In the, you know, where is, what's the next big tension moment? Stop. And then write book six. Yeah, I, it does. It it doesn't fit. I, yeah. This has, this this does. Like I know the story. It, it needs to end at this uh, this book. 
but like sometimes I'm I've always been the type of writer I don't want to Tolkien the uh the description like I do not need to describe every tree branch you know the tree needs your love and you need to use I'm, all of the esoteric words to describe them <laughs> yeah I'm, Jen actually teaches a class on Tolkien so that's love, funny when you say that <laughs> yeah. I, I love it but I realize that it is a writing style that is not conducive to a lot right right no and, and I love it too I mean that was the probably the very first uh fantasy book I ever read was uh Hobbit I think and then after that I read the the Lord of the Rings trilogy uh probably in like eighth or ninth grade um but yeah like looking back on it now it's like wow this guy really wanted you to know what was going on around like oof. he was very a hillock versus a hammock very important distinctions <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to compare myself to the master. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that man is incredible. Um, but I, I do like to describe scenes. I, I do want to immerse you. I do want to tell you what's in the room. I want to tell you what they're smelling. I want to tell you what they're hearing. And I want to tell you what, you know, how the, the air is, the environment, that kind of thing without getting too into it but as i'm writing book five i'm finding wow i'm like regurgitating histories of this world i'm like am i am i doing this to prolong it i don't i don't know i don't know i'll, I'll figure that out when i'm in editing <laughs> what are you what are your plans then so you you weren't you didn't start off going you know what i'm going to be a published author but now you are you're book four you go to convention so you're not just doing this completely or is this a hobby is this just a hobby for you yes this is a hobby okay well that's yeah. a little different <laughs> we don't yeah. talk to a lot of authors that are like this is just a hobby i'm not so do you have any like succinct goals that you want to achieve with this well i don't know like i have fantasy goals and fantasy goal would have to be to have a netflix show about it like <laughs> hey i like that fantasy goal that works <laughs> I mean, do I think that's going to happen? No. Uh, am I actively pursuing something like that? No. Um, I just, I love this story and I just want to share it. I I feel like I, I've done something special and it's something that's really close to my heart. And I just want to share it. There's really no goal beyond that. Well, that makes sense. So um, what's going to come after book five then? Well, I am working on a project actually currently with two of my closest friends. I am going to work on a new series. Um, okay. I well, I've heard that this is an original, isn't an original idea, but it is to me because I've never seen this. But I'm going to write these three characters, uh, each having their own book from first person perspective. And they're going to be all happening at the same time. So three books at once, three different characters. Very that cool. That sounds awesome. like a lot of fun. Yeah. Matching dialogue on that sucker during editing is going to be a good time. <laughs> right, right. I'm sure I'm going to run into some challenges. Um, well, the, the char each, each of the characters is based on us loosely. <laughs> and uh, my character has severe ADHD, so that kind of helps me. Like, so if, if I'm missing dialogue in there, I'm like, oh, well, ADHD, she missed it. Like, <laughs> done. That's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's very the plan, good. though. Well, that's kind of exciting. So, um, when your first book came out, um, uh, are they, so is it just ebook or is it ebook print? Like, what, how did they get released? Uh, ebook, ebook and print, both. Very cool. So when was the first time you did an in-person event with your book? Uh, shortly after book one was released, I went to a, co a convention called Conjuration. It's uh, are, where are you guys? You guys in Atlanta? Where are you guys? Florida and North Carolina. OK, so Conjuration is a small convention here in Atlanta. It's Harry Potter based. And I like that I get a chance to promote this. <laughs> because it is my favorite convention every single year it is amazing 
it just so happens that that not only was that the first convention I ever sold a book at, it was my first convention in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, we went there and I just, I just could not believe the amount of fun we had. And I have three children and they all loved it. And uh, they're all older. So like teenagers, so they can all just go do their own thing. And they loved that. And I didn't have to worry because they're in a confined area. And I don't know, it was, it was great. That was the first time, first time I ever went was, or yeah, to publicly try to promote was a conjuration. And if anybody is in the Atlanta area, look for it in November because it is so much fun. You will not be disappointed. (laughs) Very cool. Well, so with that then, um, uh, so what was it like signing for the first time? Surreal. Surreal. Uh, I'm a very outgoing person. So I literally just went up to the, the authors that I, that I, that were there and started asking questions. Like, how do you do this? Well, what are your methods? How, you know, and just got, got a whole lot of advice. I just started compiling it. Um, I got a lot of, uh, are you familiar with the author Ellie Rain by chance? That's vaguely familiar. Why do I know that? She writes the Necroseme, Necroseme Chronicles. Um, she's uh, another one here in Atlanta. And I, I get I got a lot of stuff from her, advice from her. She was she was very helpful. Uh, I was going to actually say maybe I, I recommend you try to get a hold of her, too, because she's incredible. Absolutely. Well, we love having anyone on the show. Yeah. So. Um, as JM's Googling the crap out of that right now to find out who that is. E-L-L-I-E and then Rain, R-A-I-N, I do believe there's an E at the end, I do believe. Actually, she's on the back of my book, let me look. Yep, there's an E. So what was the first time somebody wanted you to sign a book? Talk about that. Uh, actually, it was funny because I was just, I didn't know that that was even a thing. <laughs> so they were like, I was like, oh, you know, buy my book. And they said, are you going to sign it? I was like, that's, that's something I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and, uh, actually, um, now about a year ago, I went to a convention called, uh, what was it called? Uh, the Fandemic Dead for Walking Dead. That's awesome. And, uh, I met uh, there was a whole bunch of TV and movie people there signing autographs. And for you, guys, I don't suppose you guys ever watched Arrow, did you? Yeah. Oh, the the guy who played Malcolm Merlin in the first season and a couple seasons out there afterwards, he was there. Oh, cool. And nice. for whatever reason, at least when I was walking by, he did not have a line. And I was like, this guy was awesome. Like he was so great. <clears throat> I can't believe he doesn't have a bigger line. But I, I went and I got up to talk to him and he was so nice. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this guy a copy of my book. And I did. And he's like, Did you sign it? I was like, Yeah, I signed it. And he said, Did you date it? Date it. Why? And he said, Because that changes the value of this book tremendously. Mm-hmm. If if you have a copy of a book that's dated before it got like huge. Like, say my books did get a Netflix show at some point and you had a signed copy from before that date, skyrockets in value. So authors like, out there, date your signings. Yeah, yep. sign with whatever the event is, like hashtag, you know. That's a good idea. Hashtag whatever. And then I put the year. That's good advice. I like that advice. Clever, clever girl. Well, yeah, it was. It was the first time I ever signed a book. It was it was surreal. It was. <laughs> I love it. Very are you, cool. are you sure you want? Okay. It's interesting, but it definitely even some people won't necessarily ask, but they want you to sign. They think they're imposing by going, hey, will you sign my book? And we're like, yes, we will sign anything you put in front of us. Give it to us. <laughs> Very cool. Now we met you at Dragon Con, so you've done quite a few cons now, huh? Yep. Yeah, I've, I've done. I get as many as I can. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's a hobby for me, but 
it's also a really good way to keep my kids close and have a good time with them. You know, uh, my oldest is getting ready to graduate high school and uh, she's talking about going away for college and I don't want her to. <laughs> Oh, yes. Back for Dragon Con, right? So, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get all the time I can in with them while I can. And, um, you know, the cons are a great way because and and her in particular, she likes to dress up like she she comes in costumes and she's got quite a few that are pretty crazy. Um, She's she's five foot tall and she's getting ready to put a cosplay together that's going to make her seven feet tall. So <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love cosplaying. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I've Very always admired cool. it. And that's actually one of my staples. Like when you go to a convention and maybe this is because I, I didn't uh, I was never part of the convention culture until I became an author. Um, I noticed that most of the authors stood behind their desk, their table, whatever. And and they they tried to get people at a table or, or whatnot, but I, I, I just couldn't do that myself. So I, I am never behind my table unless my, my injury requires me to sit down for a little while. I am in front of my table, standing there with my cane, trying to talk to people. And I always get pictures, everybody I can that is in cosplay right in front of my table. And I tell them, let me get some pictures. So I just love the cosplay stuff so much. And uh, I like to post the pictures on my social media, of all these great costumes that, that people wear. Some of them are just incredible. Oh, my gosh. I agree a thousand percent. I agree a thousand percent. OK, we have to take a quick break and then we will be right back with Drinking With Authors. Hey, listeners, you know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about. And I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep. And you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform or choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. We are back. We are back and the Internet's holding up. So these are things that are cool, cool things. So um, what did you read a lot of fantasy growing up? Like what made you go into a fantasy realm? Because you said you weren't big on the conventions. Were you a nerd growing up? Were you role-playing games or reader? Oh. Like, how did you go down that path? I was the odd combination of half nerd, half jock. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Like I split, I played all the sports in high school. I was on the football team. I was on the wrestling team. Uh, I did not make it on the basketball team. <laughs> I was not good enough at basketball. Uh, but I was never a star athlete or anything. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't even anywhere close. But I I did love to play sports. Um, but I was – and even, like, I got a lot of comments from, from kids in high school saying, you are the strangest because they would see me hang out with the the, the – quote unquote popular kids. And this is the nineties. So it was a lot different than what it is now, but uh, yeah, I would hang out with the popular kids one minute and then turn around and be hanging out with, with the nerds the next. And I had a lot in common with both and people never knew how to take me because. of that. Um, but yeah, so I, I was like part-time nerd, I guess. But I always loved it. I always loved superheroes, but I, and uh, and I didn't get into anime until much later. Um, but yeah, I, I was I did, I read a few books. Like I said, I read Tolkien. Uh, that started because my eighth grade teacher made me. Uh oh, sorry. Oh, the digital environment is honing in on us. Dun dun dun. Ringtones. Sorry about that. Uh, no, it's okay. We're hey, we live in an age where who knew we'd all be talking to each other from different parts of our house. Yeah, we didn't do this live. Somebody was asking me about that earlier today. 
They're like, have you ever thought of doing it live? And I'm like, we used to do it live before everybody had to live in a box. Like (laughs) if it was a live and in-person thing, we'll bring it back. We're bringing it back. Um, And now we get to talk to people farther away. No, it's true. We do get to talk to people. I mean, I think that was a blessing. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. very, it's weird how we've all adapted to being in our our home. Brady Bunch. Yes. Yes, Brady Bunch tiles across the screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so you don't have a, a, an estimated date for your new book, right? No, no. Are you going? So, what's your con circuit look like this year? I have uh, Wilmington Geek Expo in April. Uh, that's at the beginning of April, and at the end of April, I have Jordan Con in Atlanta. Uh, that's, I am super excited about that one. Just wheel of for, time, right? What's that? Wheel of time, right? Yes. Yes. It's wheel of time based. Yes. And, uh, I guess Sanderson has been there a couple times. Um, it, it's a, it's a fairly large convention here in Atlanta, but I have been trying to get in for the last three years and I finally got in. <laughs> so yeah. I'm super excited because I I've been turned down, uh, a few times to get in that one, but I finally got in. Um, beyond that, I don't think like the summers are really tough here. There really isn't much anything down here in, in, in Atlanta. Do you ever go anywhere else to do them? I'll go into Tennessee. Like I said, now uh, the one in that Wilmington one is in North Carolina. Uh, I'll go to South Carolina. I would go to Alabama, but I've never found one uh that fit and i would go to florida but that one's pretty tough that's actually pretty far for me um no that that, makes sense Mm -hmm. are you doing dragon con again this year well now you we met at dragon con but i wasn't i was just a customer no i know but that's what i'm saying are you going to dragon con again oh am i going yeah i'll probably go Will I be in it? Probably not. <laughs> Did you apply? Every year. Yeah. Every year. Uh, I know my friend Ellie got in this year. Very cool. I just looked up her book. I do recognize this cover. This was, I, I'll be honest, I read so much fantasy that it blends, but I remember it because it had the cool pink and purple. So yeah. I did read it in life. Jen is a ridiculous reader, like ridiculous reader. Um, so uh, what about reviews? Are you have did you look up your reviews? How did that whole scene go for you? Because authors have different stances on this. Well, uh, now I want to I want to admit that a good I'd say a quarter of the reviews that are on Amazon on my books are from family and friends. So you can't trust those. I mean, just being honest, family, and, family and friends are, are going to probably give you a five star because they know you. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, <laughs> you can definitely ferret out who you should be friends with after the reviews of your book, I suppose. Right. Well, I never gotten below a five. Well, that's good. So what about the rest? Uh, the, the other ones were people I don't know. And I'm just I've been nothing but pleasantly surprised with the reviews I've gotten. Um, everyone that's actually given, given it a chance is, and, and really enjoyed it. Uh, some of the reviews are, are outstanding. Uh, I remember one in particular, if you can find it on Amazon, really, really warmed my heart was, uh, somebody was said that I actually wrote a three-dimensional female character, which, <laughs> and they said, cause I guess she has a real big problem with all these male authors out there writing, uh, female characters that fail the Bechtel test pretty hard. <laughs> um, I think that's a thing. Unfortunately, I don't think that's true for everybody, but I definitely no. think, I think it kind of goes both ways because, you know, um, there are some female authors that don't do as great of a job also writing some male characters. I mean, it, it can happen. Sure. And it's, and we're all human. No one's perfect. But uh, when she said that, that I did a great job writing a female character, just warmed my heart. I was like, wow, I felt like I felt like so great about that. (laughs) Somebody just said, I read the shit out of this book. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nicely done, sir. <laughs> you read that review? <laughs> I was just like, oh, let me go see. Yeah. I read the shit out of this book. That's funny. Cool. That's very cool. So um, what about audiobooks? Are you looking to get audiobooks done or what's the deal there? And I would love to, but I have three money vacuums. I mean, children. <laughs> oh, trust me, I understand. I have a grandchild now, too. So they just get more expensive the bigger they get. Uh, Jen's is uh, middle school, about to start high school, close. He's 12. Yeah. Ah. A lot of feelings. Yeah, yes. Mine are, mine are uh, 13, 16, and about to be 18. See, if I say the ages of mine, it just upsets Jen because she's known this for a really long time. But <laughs> mine are not allowed to be that old. This is not allowed. Okay. She 26 and 24. Yeah. <laughs> so they get they get more expensive with age. Um <laughs> uh so very cool. What about um what is your writing setup like when you did start to write the books? Like, how do you do it? Do you you have to be dead quiet, you know. Like, oh no! Environment. Take us there. Take us to the environment. Oh no! I have to have music playing. I can't. I can't do anything without with silence. Nothing. Like my job, I work for the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, and uh, I do a lot of stuff on the computer. And I always have my music going, and uh, I listen to heavy metal. Oh. And, with I lyrics. Listen. Okay. <laughs> and I listen to almost every genre of heavy metal. Um from Black <laughs> Sabbath to uh uh like Metallica to Iron Maiden and then to Corn and Slipknot. Like do you think that works its way into your story at all? Like, do you end up having more intense, like, metal situations because that's what you're listening to? Or does it still say, like, light and fluffy fantasy? Like, what kind of fantasy? No, I, I have never had it influence me like that. Uh, it's just, it gets my my blood pumping. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's write some, let's write some story. Yeah. Like, but it, I don't think the actual the lyrics that they're saying or the mood that they're giving off, especially like someone like Slipknot, like, oh boy, it would be a very dark story. <laughs> but uh, I'm also a musician myself. Uh, I play guitar and uh, I just, music is everything to me. I love, I love music. Uh, now, if sometimes I'll just put on my liked songs. And when I do that, you'll get Michael Jackson, Bob Marley and You'll get all sorts of different stuff that's not heavy metal that just mixed in there. Just creeps in. My my husband likes to do a thing where he listens to shower music by telling Google when he gets in the shower, play me shower music. And it's very funny what people will label shower music because sometimes it is like Swedish death metal. And then other times it's Michael Jackson. And every now and again, it's the crooners. We get a little, you know, um, Dean Martin in there or it, Frank Sinatra, like people showered all different things. So I, you know, sometimes the mix can get a little classy. Yeah, I love but, old blue eyes. I'll listen, I'll listen to Frank Sinatra. Absolutely. So do you people, have like is music a part of your story at all? Does it come up since you play an instrument? No. 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 Sorry, my dog is loud in the background. The fight. <laughs> we can't hear the dog. You're good. Okay. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd think it would, but no, it, it never has. Um, I do have a lot of fun writing traditions. Like that's as close as I come. Uh, I wrote prayers, a couple of prayers are in there. Uh, specifically the, the Elvish one. I was, I was very proud of that one, uh, at the funeral rites, uh, where they the Elvin funeral rites are, they, they take, uh, the body and they bury it, but they put it a seed of some kind on the on the deceased's chest, uh, an acorn or what what have you. And yeah, they become part of nature again in that in that way. Very cool. That's nice. What what about world building? 
How do you keep track of your world in five books later? Uh, I have ridiculous amounts of notes. <laughs> so you're organized? Are they all in the same place? No, actually, I'm pretty organized. Uh, my military background keeps me a pretty organized person. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I have tons of notes like, okay, here's the Pantheon. Here's the uh, traditions of this area, the tr- the customs of this area, the, and they're all in different notes, but it is very organized. I ask that as I look at my desk full of sticky notes randomly strewn about the place. Yeah, the, the world building is is one of my favorite aspects. Um, are, are, are ah, excuse me? Are either of you any kind of anime watchers at all? I do. I dabble. Have you heard of One Piece? Vaguely, I want to say Val has mentioned it, but see if she were here, she probably would be able to talk to you about it. I think she's talked about it, but it's not. I've never seen it. Now. I don't I don't want to say that my story has any kind of influence from One Piece, but it's one of my favorite stories I've ever read, seen, watched, ever. And that includes like some of the classics. His world building is top of the line. Unbelievable <laughs> how this how this man put this world together. Mm-hmm. And uh just world building is something that that has always been a fascination of mine. I want to know that this world is lived in. I want to know when I'm seeing a new story or reading it or watching it. I want to know that the world existed before the main character decided to, I don't know, pick up the sword or put on the ring or whatever have you. Um, I want to know that there's a history. I want to know that um, there's it's lived in. And I, I, I find that stuff so much fun for me. Um, the only thing I didn't get it really into was economics uh, in my world. I just used the the uh, standard gold system. I didn't I didn't really, really want to get into anything like that. But man, when you read some of these people who get into economics and everything, it's like wow. Now a little bit of economics because when I designed the map, I wanted it to make sense as to why the city or settlement was there. Mm-hmm. Is it near a trade route? Is it near a waterway? Is it near like what is the natural resource? Why would they build that city there? That's mm-hmm. the, that's the stuff you want to think about to make the world feel a little bit more real. And then um, it like can influence what they eat if you know the tavern, that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. So just little details that you can like sprinkle in throughout. That's cool. Yeah. Um in in one of the cities, they have a, a festival every year and it's all due to the migration of bugs. <laughs> are they are they happy the bugs are gone, or do no. the bugs are they like pollinators? So they're they're like beetles, but they actually light up blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and one blue of these beetles would not you'd barely be able to see it, but millions of them migrate at the same time. And when they're doing that, they're going they fly over the water and they fly over this bay. The bay the fish come to get the beetles and they come into the bay. So it's at the height of the migration, they raise a net in the bay to block it off. And all the fish are now stuck in the bay. So it's a huge celebration there. And to see that stuff like that, I think that's really fun to come up with. Yeah, no, I think it, it adds something. You know what I mean? Putting something like that in a story and not just like, okay, there's crowning and they have New Year's and they have, you know, whatever we're going to call Christmas in our made up fantasy world because people do Do that. Do you share all that like on your social media, like all your background stuff or like your history of ritual, you know, uh, do you have that collected somewhere or is it just like mentioned as a background event in the story? It depends. Like sometimes it's, it's, it can be a driving force in this, in this particular instance, it was a reason for some of the, all right. So to understand the story, you have to, you have to know that every chapter takes place from a point of view of a different character. Okay. There are roughly seven. I don't want to, some, some people get chapters point of view that aren't necessarily main characters, but I'll get back to that. Um, so 
it's about these people from extremely different points of view, like a general of an army, a high priestess, a former slave, a guy raised in the woods, and all these people from very different walks of life have to come together to stop something awful from happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're writing a story, your characters are the most important thing. It's more important than the goal. It's more important than the fighting. It's more important than everything. We want to know, we want to know why we like this character and their flaws and their positives. And if you're writing a character without flaws, I, I don't know. Like, have you ever met anybody without flaws? I haven't. <laughs> they need something. So kind of going back to, you said you, you kind of started the story in your head to as something to do to distract your brain to fall asleep. Well, how did it start? Did it start with like, it would be cool if this character existed and then what would they do? Or did it start with like a conversation or was there a moment? Like how, how did it begin? Well, it was, it was like, well, one of the things I, I personally, I'm, I'm sure they exist, but I have personally never read a story that has anything to do with a half dwarf, right? About a million that were had half elf, but never half dwarf. And I always thought that that was odd. So that was actually one of the, the very first character I ever created was a half dwarf. And I always thought, why wouldn't you want a half dwarf? I mean, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be short, but they're going to have the strength of a dwarf with the agility of a human. Like, why wouldn't you want that? Really cool. So I, I took it a little bit of a step further and said, and, and came up with a reason why they're, they're basically mules. They're born without hair, like, Eyebrows, eyelashes, none. They don't have hair, and uh, they cannot reproduce. So they are they are basically mules, um, and that's one of the biggest reasons why you don't see a whole lot. And then, pretty much the only, at least in my world, the only time you're ever going to find a half dwarf is when they they are bred for like fighting for a specific, gotcha. yeah arenas. Or yeah, like you, like maybe even like slaves for digging, um, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, but mostly for pit fighting because, like I said, the agility of a human mm -hmm. with the strength of a dwarf. Um, and uh, my character was born out of love, okay. so I also took that in a in a twist. Mm -hmm. I twisted my own thing. <laughs> doesn't normally happen this way but now it does right, right now for this right so you started with the idea like i'm gonna have a half dwarf half dwarf character and then what would their life and experience be like and it kind of built up from that yeah yeah that's basically it um and well, uh like shower thoughts gone gone wild you know? <laughs> there aren't a lot of stories about <laughs> so, yeah, Dorian was Dorian was my first character, and my second character ever created was Razul. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do with Razul, he's a wild elf. Uh, they're very Native American based, uh, like Mohawk Indians, and uh, they tattoo themselves, and they they like eat meat. They're very different from your hippie elves that you're used to. Uh, they hunt, they, they move, they're nomadic mm -hmm. and, uh, Razul who should have been like raised in a family type situation was caught by slavers and he was basically raised in slavery and fighting pit fighting. So the role reversal there mm -hmm. is Dorian who. A, a half dwarf who's normally should have been a pit fighter raised in the woods. Razul normally should have been raised in the woods, was raised as a pit fighter. So that, that gives you so much to work with story and conflicts and motivation, like all the good stuff. That's fun. That's why right. your book, your book five is going and going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, one of the, one of the main points of the story is, is their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and their friendship and, and how that works. That's cool. 
Because Razul has no idea how to care for somebody. No clue. And he's had he's had to learn that through Dorian. I like it. Good friendship story. I like the in-depthness. It'll be interesting to see how and when you end the series, the fan reaction to that and the demand for other things. Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. This is your host, Erica Lance. Because of the change of the format of the show, welcome to the literary briefs portion. Enjoy. Okay, Dennis, rapid fire. You ready, my friend? Yes, ma'am. What is your favorite book of all time? Can I use manga? Sure. One Piece. Very cool. Why? The world building, the comedy, the character development, the incredible like way that he knows how to punch you in the feels. Just it's got everything you could possibly want. Very cool. What is your least favorite book of all time? Oh, boy, that's putting me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) Least favorite book. We asked this of everybody, so it's not like we just picked you, although I feel authors think we just picked them when we ask that question, but that's not the case. I, I believe you. Uh, okay, I read a book that was like some kind of D&D book kind of thing, but it was called Dark Sun. And oh, yeah. Dark Sun Universe. Yeah, uh, I read one of those books in uh, DNF. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, okay. I've got it. I've, I've come up with new questions, Jam, since you've been on. So I know I'm going to wow you here. You ready? Um, I'm, I'm so excited right now. If you could change into any one of your characters, who would it be? Oh, uh, yikes. I treat my character so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I would pick if I could change. Well, no, I wouldn't want to live as a slave. That sounds awful. Dorian. It would have to be Dorian. Even though he's got it, he's got it pretty rough. He was raised by a father that loved him like crazy. And uh he was protected and, and was loved through his entire childhood. Very cool. What's your favorite writing snack? Uh nuts. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. Almonds, peanuts, uh, cashews, all love. <laughs> Very cool. Jen? Um, what was the first album you bought yourself? First album I bought myself. I, it was Metallica, Master of Puppets. And was it DVD or was it CD? It was DVD. Or cassette, sorry. No, wow. cassette, cassette. I, I, was, I just said DVD like that is where you get music. Uh, actually, let me back up. That was the first CD I bought. The first cassette I bought was, was which was before that, obviously, was uh, Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood, I regret to say. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you should regret that. That was a very popular record at that time. Thank you. Yeah, but knowing, knowing what we know now about Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, there are. There's a whole list, but back then, that was a different story. Right. Can I can I ask the question now, now that you've sort of raised it? Um, does it matter to you if an artist does something awful? Does it affect how much you appreciate their art after the fact? It's, it's a real moral dilemma there, right? Because you don't want right. to support people who you know are scumbags. But, mm-hmm. like, at what point? Like, okay, let's, let's take uh, – there was – okay, there's a band, a, a heavy metal band. Can't remember their name or off the top of my head. They were actually more of a Catholic or Christian um, metal band. What was it? Creed? No, 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 not okay. that big. They were, they were, they were rising. Okay. Um, they, they were in much heavier than Creed. Um, but uh, the lead singer was caught trying to hire somebody to kill his wife. Yeah. And he went to jail and everything. Now, do you buy that person's music still? Do you still listen to him? What about the other band members? They didn't do anything wrong. It's a moral dilemma, really. Mm-hmm. Personal stance? No, I'm done. I'm done. I will never listen to... Now that I know what I know about what Tommy Lee has done, um, I will not listen to Motley Crue anymore. 
Okay. Um, you don't hurt a pregnant woman holding a child. You don't. Why would you do that? Um, or Vince Neil, who killed somebody and spent a month in jail for it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I hope you're not leaving Vince out of that because. <laughs> yep. No, Molly Crew, and and not to mention the entire band was pretty bad womanizers, and you know, I have I have little girls like you scumbags. Like I don't know. <laughs> no, I we get it, we get it. What about um? Do you believe in the paranormal? I do, but I also feel that a lot of times it can be explained away. I think it does happen. I just think that too many things are blamed on paranormal when it isn't. No, I get that. I get that. Okay. What about um, your favorite book that was turned into a TV show or a mini series or a movie? Like, where do you think they did a good job? I think they did great in Lord of the Rings. Uh, I know that they've changed the Witcher quite a bit. I never actually read the books, but I, I am aware of the massive changes they've made. Um, but I tell you what, those first two seasons loved them. Um, and can I, can I throw in one that, that really made me mad? Yeah. Um, well, because the next question was going to be, where did they not do a good job? So perfect timing. <laughs> well, see, it's funny. All right. So my favorite my actual favorite band of all time is corn. I okay. love that band. And when I found out that one of my favorite authors and rice was releasing a Queen of the Damned movie and John Davis from Corn was doing the music in it. I was like, yes, this is my jam. Now the music in it was great, but the movie was, oh my God, what did you do? This is nothing like the It was an interesting movie. It just had to have a different title that wasn't Queen of the Damned that wasn't supposed to be that story. Yes, Stuart exactly. is delightful. It's just, is not the book at all. Right. The acting was great, but like I had just read that book. And when I saw it, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> That's like the Final Fantasy movie. You go in thinking, you know, it's blood and it's totally different. Right. Right. So that, that one did upset me because I, I was a big Anne Rice fan at the time, a huge corn fan. And man, it was a little bit of a miss for me. You're right. If they would, if they had called it something else, it would have been fine. Well, it's sure. What about um? What is your favorite concert you've ever been to? Corn. Uh, is there it one was, particular? Because like me and Jen have been and saw the same people over and over again. So was there one particular show that was like the best? I would say Lollapalooza '98. Uh, I was in Buffalo at the time, and uh, Tool was there i remember that it's a little hard for me to remember because i was quite inebriated in that show that's not the year it rained right was it 98 it was in the late 90s it was one year where it, it like poured epic poured i don't know it wasn't it wasn't raining where when it happened in buffalo okay, okay, so it wasn't 90 um but also it was the second time i had met the corn was that day as well the first time was in 95 they were opening for Megadeth and I'd already seen Megadeth and I had stuff to do that day. So I left after corn set was done and this guy stops me. He's like, why are you leaving? And I was like, I saw the band I wanted to see. I got stuff to do. He's like, you came here to see corn. I was like, yeah, they're great. Want to meet them? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. That's awesome. And they were shocked. This is 1995. Their first album had just come out and they didn't know that they were getting as big as they were. And uh, they were just shocked that some kid in Buffalo knew who they even were. It was really cool. It was a really cool experience. I walked away with stacks of corn stuff that day. <laughs> they gave it to me. It was awesome. Very cool. What about um, if you were casting your lead characters, who would you cast? Um, well, I would okay. So for Razul, it's a real easy pick, but I would have to de-age him a number of years, and that's Jason Momoa. Um, can't go wrong with him. No, I and mean, he's a great actor. Uh, 
he would be perfect, but he's too old now. Um, Dorian, oh God, it could be anybody really. Uh, just short. You'd have to be kind of short. But Clarissa, I've always pictured. Uh, oh boy, I'm gonna have a hard time remembering her name. Dang it. What else was she in? Well, as a kid, she was in the, the, the Disney show Kicking It. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Jason Momoa is the big one. Oh, and for Brett the Thief. You ever watched, uh, okay, Prison Break or The Flash? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In Prison Break, there was the two brothers. They were also in like The Flash and all that. The, the bigger one of the brothers was directly modeled after that actor. Brett, in my books, was directly modeled after him. Very cool. Jen. All right. Who would win in a fight, a wizard or a fighter? In what world? In your world. Well, there's a whole lot of ifs there. <laughs> Uh, if if they're not very close to each other, the wizard's going to win. If they're pretty close, the warrior's going to win. <laughs> okay, so melee versus range then. Yeah, basically. My my magic system is a hard magic system, and it's all elemental based. Earth, wind, white, fire, water. With I add in darkness and light, so there are like necromancers and uh, like a lot of like paladin like buffs and that kind of stuff if for darkness and light but everything else is exactly what you'd think almost like avatar the last airbender okay which oh worst movie ever from from another thing i know that's not a book but oh my god that movie was if, if it wasn't called the last like if it was just a separate story it's interesting on its own mm. it's fine until the fire nation movie um star wars or star trek star wars mm -hmm. you like the new stuff no correct answer correct answer no i don't like any of it it's terrible except uh was that rogue that rogue one rogue one yeah rogue i liked one. that one yeah okay oh, what oh, about a weird food combination that you like to eat noodle sandwich what the hell is a noodle sandwich? <laughs> the texture. You take some ramen noodles, you boil them up, you, you strain all the water out, put that little packet in there, put it in, put it on top of some bread and butter. Yummy. Do you toast the bread? What? Do you toast the bread? No. So it's like mush. It's bread and butter. You just pick up the bread and just. Heat your well, if the butter's on there. The bread's not going to mush. That's why you use butter to coat things. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's delicious. Don't mock it. I'm, you tried I'm it. gonna <laughs> trust you on that. <laughs> if you could change into any type of fantastical or fairy tale, you know, fairy, whatever kind of creature fantasy, what would you be and why? Oh, god, you see, immediately the what jumped to my head was actually vampire. And the only real reason that is, is because I've always been fascinated with them and they don't sparkle, by the way. Um, I will tell you, I record another podcast called Eerie Travels. And on that, I brought up the fact that the Twilight vampires are probably the strongest vampires. And I have an entire point to this, to which pissed off everybody on the thing. Not that I'm a huge Twilight, whatever, but... There are some things you, you should listen to that episode because as much as the sparkly thing, they yeah, kind of win. Sure. No, I, I, I actually agree with you. Uh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen uh, the, the movies with my wife. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, some of them are, are wow. Yeah, they're, they're quite powerful. I, I've always been fascinated with vampires. I love vampires. Um, but at the same point in time, I wouldn't actually want to be one because, you know, I like the sun and I don't like killing people. So. <laughs> okay. So uh, then what would you be? Oh God. I'd have to say an elf just because that way I get to be around for a very, very, very long time. What kind of elf? Like what universe? Mine wild. 
Okay. So are your elves immortal or just long lived? Long lived. Long lived. Cool. I wouldn't want to be immortal. So what superpower would you want? If I could have any superpower in the world, it would be to know whatever information I wanted to know when I wanted to know it. And now you might think that that's Google, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where are my keys? I'm talking about where, which one of my kids did this? Like <laughs> brilliant superpower. I like it. I like but that. it could also be what are the next lottery numbers going to be? Right. That's a, that's a good. What is um, your best fan experience? Okay. So I was calling and talking to my bank about something, whatever it was. I don't even remember anymore. And uh, while we were just chatting and I said, Oh yeah. And I'm an author. So I guess I got to throw that in there too. I said, Oh yeah. Who are you? You know, what'd you write? I said, uh, I wrote Secrets of the Runestones. I go under the name Dennis Medbury. <laughs> this person in the bank in Washington State said, you're like my favorite author. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that is that is pretty brilliant. Very I have brilliant. no idea how somebody out in Washington State even found me. <laughs> No, I think that's that's pretty it's a pretty amazing feeling when you've impacted people. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question, Jen, then you get the final question, my friend. No pressure, but a lot of pressure. It better not be dumb. Um, so if if you could have lunch with any author, living or dead, they'd be alive when you were talking to them, who would you want to sit down and have lunch with? I had to clear up the zombie thing. Okay. We're not doing zombies. We're, you know. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, the father of my genre, it'd have to be, it'd have to be Tolkien. I mean. Let me tell you about trees. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh boy. I mean, there's also like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I wouldn't mind talking to those guys. Um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have to i actually that's a mystery i don't ever want to know until it's it's over um so yeah i'd have to go with i'd have to go with tolkien he's he's the one that started it all i'd like to know like where it all came from how he did it like the man wrote languages he was brilliant like i think i'd have to go with him like i approve all right, final question. What is one of your guilty pleasures? Okay, so as, <laughs> as a metalhead, uh, an avid metalhead, uh, one of my favorite songs of all time is More Than Words by Extreme. <laughs> that's not metal. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's a guilty pleasure. That is so far away from my normal tastes. But for whatever reason, I love that song. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, God, I haven't heard that song in so long. I remember the video. It's just the two guys on the stools, right? Yep, with their long, long hair, 1990s hair. And, right? Yep, and, but it's a beautiful song. The harmonies in it, just it's a beautiful song. Yeah. All right, so for those of you who aren't uh, watching, we just lost Erica and she's in charge of the Zoom meeting. So I guess I get to ask another question. Um, all right, favorite character, fictional. Boy, that's a tough one. You went favorite. away, so I asked another question. Favorite no, fictional character. I literally am having storm issues up here. So final question. Let's do it before I go out again. I asked him um, who his favorite fictional character was. Okay, good. Well, that was recorded, so now you get to do the final question. Well, yeah. no, he didn't answer yet. He's still debating. My question oh. about his guilty pleasure, by the way, was more than words by extreme. <laughs> okay, favorite fictional character. Let's do it. Probably Deadpool. Okay. Probably Deadpool. because, And the reason is because I can't even think about Deadpool without laughing. <laughs> Every time I think about his antics, I just start laughing. I love Deadpool. 
I'd have to go with him, but man, there's just so many I could go with that. I, Zorro from One Piece, Luffy from One Piece. Uh, yeah, actually, I love the story of Superman. Uh, people don't, I, I think, view him the wrong way. Uh, like the point of Superman is a god living amongst men. And what do you do with those powers? And what makes you your decisions right or wrong? I love how the boys played with that. That show, The Boys. Like, what if oh, Superman yeah. was such a nice guy? That was that was a really interesting show. Dark. Very dark. I love that show. Okay. Shameless self-promotion time before my internet decides to leave us again. Um, where can people find you in your books? Uh, I am on Amazon and I am on Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. Uh, the name of my series is the Secrets of the Runestones series. The best way to find me is searching Dennis Medbury, and that's uh, D-E-N-N-I-S-M-E-D-B-U-R-Y. Uh, I'm also on all social media platforms. I am not very good at social media. The best one for me is probably Facebook because I'm old. <laughs> Did she freeze again? I think she's frozen. Oh, oh no! I, you know what? I'm giving up on the story thing. Dennis, <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. I'm very sorry for my technical issues. You've been so much fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs, and apparently my internet is drunk. So um, I've been Erica Lance. My co-host has been J.M. Paquette. Our guest has been Dennis Medbury, and we will see you next time. 